So um, our scripture this morning comes from 1 Corinthians. We're going to pick up right where we left off last week, right where Stan ended last week. Last week he uh, uh, read the scripture in 1 Corinthians about the gifts of the Spirit. And so he gave us a little background about what was going on in Corinth at the time. Um, Corinth, Corinth, if you're in Texas, so Corinth at the time. Um, and so just briefly, uh, so this was a real diverse community. Uh, people were coming to Christ from all different walks of life. So slaves, masters, wealthy people, not wealthy people, uh, a few Jews, mostly Gentiles. Uh, but they also were kind of one of the early me generations. It was all about me. It was all about what I brought to the party, uh, what I brought that made this more important, what I brought, what I could do. So when we've got a community like that, uh, usually there's some divisiveness, there's some disagreement. No, I've got it. No, you've got it. No, back and forth, back and forth. Kind of that one-upmanship, constant one-upmanship. So uh, Paul's here trying to help them see the error of their ways. And so he starts by telling them all the gifts and says, these are your gifts, but wait, it's not all about you. It's how are you going to use those gifts for the kingdom of God? So we're going to start uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. We're going to start with verse 12 through 31. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, <clears throat> second prophets, third teachers, then deeds of power, then gifts of healing, forms of assistance, forms of leadership, various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But strive for the greater gifts, and I will show you a, more excellent, a still more excellent way. So this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Awesome. So um, my family, uh, we like to do puzzles, jigsaw puzzles. We don't do them very often, but at Christmas, uh, we gather at my parents' house. Uh, my mom has a card table set up. She's got a, a jigsaw puzzle set out there. And throughout the day, throughout uh, Christmas Day, we'll come to the table a few at a time, connect a few pieces together, wander off, a few more people come, and we sit together, and we put that puzzle together. And so by the end of the day, we've got one complete picture. 
So it's interesting because we start with this big jumble of pictures, a big jumble of pieces that all have different sizes, different shapes, different colors. Uh, but by the end, they've all come together to make one picture. So Paul is here trying to help the Corinthians put their puzzle together. And his message for them is that God, that the body of Christ needs you, all of your differences and all of your similarities. The body of Christ needs you, all of your differences and all of your similarities. So Paul's trying to help them understand that they're a lot more valuable together than they are separate. The problem for Paul is that he's got all these people who think they have more value than the other people. He's got, you know, in the puzzle, the corner pieces who think they're the anchor of the puzzle. It wouldn't happen without those corner pieces. Or the edge pieces who think if we're not there, the whole thing's going to fall apart. Or those ones that all look alike, you know, they're almost square. They've got two innies and two outies, and they're all trying to just get along. Or those really weird shaped pieces, the ones that feel like they're just not understood by anybody else. Or the worst, maybe not the worst, but those blue ones that are all blue, they're the sky or the ocean or green and they're the grass and nobody's quite sure where they fit in. So Paul's trying to see that they all bring these different gifts to the party, but that they all have value. His message is that they come together to make the big picture, the picture of the body of Christ. Because that's what the big picture is for him. It's the body of Christ working together to serve God. And, but for him, it's the unifying factor that makes the biggest difference. It's the one thing that they all have in common that unifies their diversity. And that's their faith in God through the love of Jesus Christ. That's their love of God knowing that Jesus Christ came to this earth to save them. That's the one thing they all have in common that makes them different from everyone else but the same, bringing that diversity together. So Paul's message is really still valuable for us today. No matter what we bring to this body of Christ, whether it's our experience, our successes, our failures, our past religious experience, our wealth, our lack of wealth, our skills, our jobs, whatever they are, they all add value to the body of Christ. In fact, it's all those things coming together that give texture to the body of Christ, that make the body of Christ valuable to the rest of the world. And then it's the unifying knowledge that we're all here because we believe in God through the faith of Jesus Christ. So God needs, the body of Christ needs you, all of your differences and all of your similarities. So I also believe that God needs you because every part has value. Now, here's the deal. Every time someone has talked to me about the body of Christ, I imagine every one of us have heard a sermon about this, I always feel like I'm the appendix. <laughs> Anybody else feel that way? Please tell me I'm not up here all stranded by myself. You ever feel like you're the appendix, right? Okay. Thank you, Corbin. You didn't leave me hanging. I appreciate <laughs> it. But seriously, it's like value. Are you kidding me? There are a million other people that can do it better. Are there a million other people that can bring something to this situation, whatever that situation is, and it's far better than anything I could ever do? So yes, sometimes I feel like the appendix. But I tell you, one of the greatest examples of when God began to show me personally, Didi, everything has value, is in a church I was in, 
for a long time, uh, for almost 11 years, I was in a church not terribly far from here. And I had a choir that was a magnificent choir. We ranged from 50 to 55 people in that choir. And out of the 50 to 55 people in that choir, only about 7 to 10 people read music. Y'all are laughing because you understand what I'm saying. (laughs) Only 7 to 10 people read music. And the interesting part is, what do we know as the body is that everybody comprehends, everybody thinks, everybody moves, everybody does it differently, right? So one of the funnest parts of my job was figuring out how to teach choir members to come together and be a body as one. Now, here was the greatest part of it, though. You had a good alto section, you had a good soprano section, and even including my section leaders. The hardest part was convincing people they were needed. Because they thought, you know what, if I come in here, it already sounds so good, I'm not needed. What they didn't know is that the more voices that joined in a choir, the bigger a choir got, the better it got. It wasn't about the four section leaders, right? It was about us coming together. And when we would begin to sing and the glory of God would begin to fall, my favorite part ever still to this day, even when I'm leading worship, is to watch our team leaders. And it was to watch this choir all of a sudden like a light bulb go off. And they go, oh, my gosh, God just used me in that moment. God just used the appendix In that moment, one of the absolute coolest moments. And I've got a picture. I want you to see my choir. They're back there. You got it? There they are. You see them? And there's another one. There's a little bit better one than that one. There you go. This is one that we did when we did an annual conference. And you can see the bishops up there with us and all the DS. But look at them. They even knew how to worship in the back. Look at them back there. But all of a sudden, here's the deal. It wasn't easy bringing a band together, bringing a team together, and bringing a choir together. Then it's not easy when you get up on a platform and you bring the entire worship set together, right? And you hope and you pray that God, people don't see you, but that they see God in you and that God begins to move in that. One of the things that I find sometimes is that sometimes we take too much pride And what we are, and then other times we berate ourselves about what we are not. Have you ever noticed that? It's like we can own what we're good at, but what we're not sure about, we usually can make fun of ourselves, right? A huge part of what I feel like Paul is trying to say is that our gifts have no discrimination, which is part of what Pastor taught us last week. When God passed out gifts, he didn't discriminate against anyone. Do you understand? There is none of you that has greater or less than than someone else. Now, when I picture Corinth, I think of it being a little bit like Austin. (laughs) I do. Like, I think I would have probably fit in there. You know? And, And I sit there and I look and I think about Austin where, you know, they keep it weird, right? I think Corinth was in the same place because Corinth was saying, hey, we've got good vibes. It's going good here, and we've got all kinds of talent. There was so much talent probably and, and, and thought-provoking thoughts that were coming through and, and songs that were probably being written, and Paul's like, wait a minute. I, I need you to understand something, though. This isn't about you. This is about how God's going to use you. 
And here's where it gets better. Not only is he going to use you, but he's not going to use you by yourself. So back to it's not about you again. So he's not only not going to use you by yourself, he's going to use you with all these other crazy people. Right? So I believe that every person is a part of the body of Christ because they have value. So also the body of Christ needs you because it's unhealthy without you. The body of Christ is unhealthy unless every one of us, every believer is active and participating in the body of Christ. So I have a confession. Um, it wasn't that long ago, maybe about five years ago, that I started to doubt that truth. I started to question whether the body of Christ still had the same value to the world that it once did. I started to wonder whether the church could still impact the world the way it once had. Now, I hadn't lost my faith in God. I hadn't lost my, my hope in God. I hadn't even lost the belief that God could impact the world in huge and mighty ways. But what I was starting to question was, was whether the church was still the best tool God had to use. And that came about um, through a variety of reasons. One uh, was some personal experiences that Dee Dee and I had that, that were hurtful. The church hurt and disappointed us. I know some of you have probably felt that as well. And then we watch the news, and it seems like every time we turn on the news every other day, there's some story about someone in the church taking advantage of or harming someone more vulnerable than them. Or we hear about congregations or denominations who are dividing because they can't accept the fact that Loving all really does make sense. So all of those things started to get to me. But then, uh, maybe about two years ago, probably coincidentally the time that we came to Lover's Lane, and I, I started to remember what it meant to be a church. I started to see a community of people who loved one another, who were here to serve God in the way God intended them to serve God. And that doesn't mean we're all perfect, doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. Doesn't mean we don't say dumb things to each other and hurt one another. We still do that because we're people. But it started to see, I started to rekindle my hope in the body of Christ. And then just a few weeks ago, um, during Advent, uh, Stan was preaching a sermon. And it was an aha moment for me. It was a Holy Spirit moment for me. That happens a lot when I listen to Stan. I'm sure you can relate. But he was talking about um, Isaiah's vision to see a world of peace in which we all got along together because we were following the baby child, the, the Christ child. This was as we were preparing for Christmas. Uh, and these are Stan's words. Uh, God's kingdom, we pray, will come on earth as it is in heaven. And it's the church that has the responsibility of connecting to this perfect love of God and bringing about this vision of God in the world we need. He said, it's the church that has the responsibility of connecting to this perfect love of God. That hit me to the core because I was doubting that. I doubted that it was the church's responsibility. But I was reminded that the church has that responsibility to fulfill God's vision, to bring God's kingdom on earth. The body of Christ needs us because without us, it's not healthy. 
And if we're not all working to make that happen, then it's not going to happen. Without every person playing their part, we can't fulfill that vision. Just like in the human body. If one part of our human body isn't working, then the rest of it isn't going to function as, as well. If our tooth aches, it seems like a small thing, but it knocks us down, right? It has a huge impact. The same thing is in the body of Christ. If we're not all here, if every believer isn't here playing their role, then we're not going to be as impactful mm -hmm. as we could be. We hear a lot nowadays about people who say, I can be a Christian without going to church. And you know, I might agree with that if being a Christian were just about going to church, but it's not. It's about being a fully active, participating member of the body of Christ 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We can't make the impact on the world. We can't be the effective body of Christ unless that's what we're doing. We all know people like I was who have uh, been hurt by the church or who have drifted away from the church or have lost their confidence in the church. And what I would like to say to those people is I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your hurt. I'm sorry that we hurt you, but what I want you to know is that we hurt you, not God. God loves you, and God has nothing but hope and desires for the best in your life. So forgive us. But now it's our turn, because if we want to be healthy, if we want to be healthy as the body of Christ, then we have to heal ourselves. And the way to do that is to find those people. We know them. Invite them. Tell them we love them. God loves them, and we're sorry. Because we can't be effective if there are believers in Christ who aren't here helping us be the body of Christ and serve God in the ways God expects us to. We can never be the fully healthy body of Christ that God intended us to be. The body of Christ needs everyone because without you, we're not healthy. Now, I've written it out a hundred times, but I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to kind of set it right here for a minute because I have felt in my heart and the Holy Spirit speaking for several days on this last part. Because I do believe that the body of Christ needs you to fulfill God's promise. And I have heard that phrase my entire life. You know, it's up to us to fulfill God's promise and God's going to use you. And I mean, you guys all know those phrases, right? Some of you are shaking your head. Mm -hmm. But here's the deal. You were created for a purpose. And God didn't just dabble in and out of that. God didn't just decide, okay, yeah, sure, we need one of these and one of these. God made you for a real purpose. And for me personally in my life, that has been something that was huge for me to get to a place of realizing I mattered. Because most of my life growing up, I started in the music business when I was 14 years old. So every room I walked in for the first years of my life in ministry and in, in, in work, people had two ideas of me. And I still think it happens sometimes now. One is, oh, Lord. I know that type immediately. 
Or the second people always do is they usually see what you do and they hear that you can sing a song. So then they're like, oh, good, she's got it. I don't have to mess with it. They see a pastor that can preach. Oh, good, he's got it. He's a really good preacher. Stan's got this. He can handle all this on his own. But that's not what God called any of us to do. God didn't call us to put it on someone else. Did you hear me? I mean that sincerely. And I'm preaching to myself. God did not call us to put it on someone else. God didn't call us to put that on me or put that on Stan or put that on other members that are pastors in this church. God called each of us individually to be this body. And sometimes we've been that person that we've either made the judgment on someone else or we've been that person that has been judged. It's not fun. It stinks and it hurts. And you have people that go your life thinking they have an opinion of you and who you are and what you are and they don't even know you. It hurts. But God still created you the way that you are for a very real reason and a very real purpose. So here's what happens. Now we have to function. We know that God created us, right? And I don't know about you, but I've been in those times of molding. Those aren't my favorite times when God's molding. Because I'm ready to do something, and God's like, no, 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 not yet. I am molding you so that you're ready. And that what we know in the process of God molding us, he's filling us, right? And then when he begins to fill us, then he says, okay, go function. Go function. And then we know that that function is set to what? Fulfill his promise. And maybe that promise is to be a light in someone's life. Maybe that promise is to be an usher or a greeter. Maybe that promise is to be on the prayer team. Maybe that promise is to help with evangelism. I don't know what that would be for you. But what is our function? We don't have to see eye to eye. We don't have to agree I don't even have to understand to function with you. You see, it doesn't have to be on the same playing ground in the sense of, I don't have to agree with everything you say. I don't have to even like those Crocs that you wore. (laughs) Leah. Leah. But the girl can sing in a pair of Crocs. Amen? God uses when we, he, feel, he, he molded us, he filled us, then we got to function in that. <laughs> what I have loved about this series most is that it reminds us on a constant basis, if you're visiting with us today, you're not an outsider. If you've been here for 20 years, you're not an outsider. If you're young and feel like you don't know where God's taken you yet, you're still not. An outsider. If you're older and you're like, Didi, I'm tired. I'm ready to retire. Well, here's the deal. That's okay. But if God has still has you here, he's got you here to do something. And you're not an outsider either. What I want to be is I want to be that person that I know that God molded me to be. 
that he filled me to be. What I want more than anything is for Crosswalk to be a beacon in this place, to be a beacon in this area, because you know what? We're a good Austin right in this room. We're a good Corinth right in this room, right? Or if you're from Texas, Corinth. Every one of you, I know most of you, and I know your special gifts, and I know your talents, and I know who you are and what you bring, and it is special. But I want to be that person that when you hurt, I'm healthy enough to help. But I want you to be healthy enough when I hurt. And so the way I feel like we begin to do that and live into our function of doing that and fulfilling God's promise is together. One body. And everybody's a part of that one body. So therefore, there's no outsiders, right? And here's the really cool part. There are a lot of people just like us outside of these walls that need to know they matter. They need to know they are loved. They need to know they are accepted. And they need to know that just like they are, it's perfect right here. But that's not up to Pastor Stan. That's not up to me. That's not up to our evangelism team. That is up to the body. Y'all didn't say amen on that. That was really good. (laughs) It's up to the body. It's up to the body. That's still a little weak. It's up to the body. Who's the body? Father God, I thank you. I thank you for this body. I thank you that everyone in this room with all their differences and their similarities are a part of the body. I thank you that everyone in this room has value. They're a part of the body. And I thank you, God, that without everyone in this room, we would be unhealthy. And God, I thank you that because of this body, we can fulfill your promise. But Father, we want to dive deeper into understanding what that means, God, and bringing those here that need your touch. Father, those that need to know that they belong, those that need a deeper walk and a deeper faith, Father, to face what each day brings. Lord, some of us do feel they like the appendix. But God, you created that for a reason. Some of us, God, feel like, I don't even know what that means. You still created us for a reason. 
Father, we thank you. I thank you for this family. I thank you, God, for our pastor. And Father, I thank you that through you and because of you, there are no outsiders. And you're precious. And you're holy in your amazing name. Amen.